The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. It's the best lip balm in America. Wait, what? Lip balm can be that much better? Oh, yeah. Hi there. It's Doc Thompson for Balm Shot. Just go to balmshot.com. Balm is in lip balm, shot like shotgun shell. You got to read the entire story for yourself at balmshot.com. But trust me, you will love it. And right now, if you order six of them, you'll get a free Balm Shot uh, lip balm, plus a logoed baseball hat, and free shipping at balmshot.com. But make sure to use the promo code DOC, balmshot.com. Do you find stuff like that interesting? And exciting this directive from Trump about creating a space force? No, not particularly. <laughs> and this is something that, that's at the center of what you do. No, well, the, the problem is, I think, that it already exists. Um, people, people forget that the U.S. Air Force has run Space Command for the last oh, two decades, and they spend a lot of money, and there are 35,000 people working for Air Force Space Command. So, it's already there. Um, they just don't call it a space force, and that's probably, you know, understandably, a president trying to make a name for himself. But sure. the, the actual thing that's going on is, is it, it's old hat. It's been done for a long time. Um, I think what the Europeans might um, hesitate about was, was his use of words like American dominance in space and um, space being a war-fighting domain. It's, that's putting things very strongly. Everybody knows that there's some sort of uh, uh, military activity out there. The Americans have been very, very much at the forefront of that for a long time. But, the, um, but putting it out in the open is, is a new step. And I think uh, it's getting up the backs of a lot of countries that have either been you know, close allies of the Americans over the years or have, have been deadly enemies. Interesting, because when I hear Space Force, I'm going to get your take on this too, Chris. When I hear Space Force, and we're going to do this, this new military branch, I see it as somebody who would fight against outside forces, not like the, the thought that this would be used to fight other countries or people on the mm-hmm. planet didn't even cross my mind. How do you view it? Is that what you thought? Yeah, that's what I thought too. I'm talking about we're ready for E.T. to come down and or that meteor like Armageddon, right. we're ready to rock and roll. But James, you see it as people around the globe, and maybe rightfully so, I don't know, um, see this as a possibility to make war in space as a new frontier against other countries or people on the planet. Yeah, I think, I think your president is, is right in the sense that this has been going on for a long, long time. We have spy satellites up there that are spying on other satellites. Um, countries have tested laser weapons in space, and they're not against aliens. These, these weapons are going to be used against satellites um, in uh, other countries' satellites. So I think what Mr. Trump is talking about is, when he talks about American dominance in space, is not dominance over aliens, it's dominance over other countries who might want to do harm to American interests. Well, let's talk about aliens a moment. James, you, you're, you're a researcher. What do you yep. think? Do extraterrestrials exist? <laughs> I think... The chances are, if I was a betting man and you gave me a couple of centuries to prove it, I think yes, definitely. Yeah, I lean toward that as well. And it's just the vastness of space. It just seems unlikely if it is truly unlimited. Um, The likelihood that there wouldn't be something somewhere just seems so far-fetched. Yeah, it does. And I think most people are are beginning to understand that, that there's a a sense that uh, there, there is 
somebody, something out there. But whether it is, you know, flying objects in our airspace or not is another question entirely. Yeah, that's that's something. I'm not saying, you know, they have the ability like a sci-fi movie to fly here and make trouble or bring a special technology or whatever. I'm, I'm talking even if it's something, you know, very small, basic life form somewhere else. Um, that seems probable. We've been caught up over the years in this idea of UFOs when I believe a lot of the sightings and claims of UFOs were things where people were drunked up or it was truly, you know, swamp gas or something. And I think even more so was governments testing, you know, uh, military craft. Yeah, could be. Um, um, and in fact, almost certainly was for probably 95%, 98% of the sightings that we've had. But if you look at it statistically, as I do in the book, we've had something like 2 million sightings of strange objects in the sky or the water since the turn of this century. And if you take even 3% of those as being inexplicable, which is below even government estimates of what is inexplicable in these sightings, you're talking about thousands of sightings every year that we cannot explain in terms of our current scientific understanding. Now, that's not saying they're all UFOs, they're not all aliens. I think what what we're talking about here is trying to find out what they are, because it is a serious scientific anomaly. So what is this, what are some of the stranger things that you've uh, encountered in your research over the years, either unexplainable or just odd, things that you thought noteworthy? Yeah, well, there are 40 of them in the book um, from America, from France, from Britain, where even the best efforts of skeptics and scientists have failed to explain precisely what was going on. I mean, going back to the Trent photographs, which are still being argued over as to whether they were hubcaps being hung from telephone wires, um, right up to the modern day when, uh, you know, the Department of Defense itself released um, sensor evidence from the F-18s, which is absolutely stunning. I mean, we're talking about one of the most advanced aircraft in the world with, with some of the most advanced sensors in the world recording it and the pilot seeing um, a very, very strange object, which he said in, a, in an interview, the 2004 sighting by uh, Commander Fravor, that he would have loved to have flown this thing because it was tremendous. Yeah, that, that tape was very odd when I saw it. That one was, was one of the um, least able to be explained away, I think. Yeah, and there are, there are scores of those over the years. You can go back to 1950 when uh, a British um, commercial aircraft saw very similar objects over Canada, um, and the whole crew did. Um, it was, they, they were interviewed by American intelligence and by Canadian intelligence and ultimately by British intelligence, but of course nobody could solve what it was. They came up with eventually a possible explanation, but the crew didn't believe it. They said it was a mirage, but the crew didn't believe it. And what they saw was very similar to those um, videos that came out off the F-18s. So as a researcher, how, what practices do you use to be skeptical, to, um, to prove or disprove? What, what practices that may be less obvious? Uh, less obvious, I think, a feeling really as to the uh, honesty and uh, credibility of the witness, and some of some of that can be really strange things, like their the anger that they display, or the bafflement, or the fact that they are not taking money for what they're saying. Um, 
And this goes back again to the Trent photographs when Paul and Evelyn Trent, who took the, the two photographs of a supposed UFO over their farm, actually did made absolutely no money from it whatsoever for the rest of their lives and gave the photographs away effectively. And they could have made a fortune, an absolute fortune twice over, once with the actual photographs themselves, selling them to the press and to everybody else and their stories. And again, when, you know, 20 years later, they decided to admit that it had all been a hoax. So, you know, those sorts of things give meaning to these uh, incidents. Interesting stuff. James, where can people find out uh, more about you and also your book? Well, my, my website, uh, jamestabbott.com, has got details of what I've done and the book itself. And, of course, the book itself is available on Amazon and from all good booksellers. What we'll do is we'll tweet out a link to it as well so people can check it out. We thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you, and thank you for having me. It's been Thanks great. so much. James T. Abbott, author of The Outsider's Guide to UFOs, Mystery, and Science. Uh, interesting guy. It's funny. I was skeptical of the military. I hadn't read the directive. I assumed why he said we needed this thing. I yeah. thought it's when you say a space force, it, it sounds aliens. You know, you're going to do that or do yeah. work in space. And we already have NASA, right? Yeah, and we, we do. Like he said, we already have the Air Force take care of some mm-hmm. of this. So if NASA is <clears throat> the branch that's researching and whatever and are planning on sending people to Mars and back to the moon and all this stuff, those would be the cats being scientists that would take on, um, you know, um, asteroids and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, we already have the Air Force. I assume Space Force would be this group that would fight aliens or be long-term positioned in space somewhere. This is, was in my mind. Until James mentioned that the rest of the world or some of the world believes that this is a new way to wage war against people on Earth, I hadn't considered that. Now I'm in favor of it. In 2011, Aaron Hale, a former Navy chief, was severely injured when disposing of an improvised explosive device. He lost his eyesight and most of his hearing, so he returned to his love of cooking as therapy, and with the help of his love, Michaela, they created Extraordinary Delights, or EOD Fudge for short. These things are amazing. You'll love them. Go to EODFudge.com. That's EODFudge.com and try the caramel apples, the brownies, the strawberry, white, and decadent triple fudge confections. EODFudge.com. Promo code BLAZED. To get 10% off. Hey, it's Doc Thompson, and you're listening to The Morning Blaze. And if you like what you're hearing on this show, then you probably will like Pat Gray Unleashed. Available now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.